Hey, welcome back. So today I, I want to jump right into things and, and get into today's topic, uh, which is the price of silver. Specifically, how feasible is it for the price of silver to reach $100 an ounce? Now, th that's a nice round number that I chose. I could have chose $50 an ounce. I think $50, it's not really a question of feasibility because it has hit that number in the past. Um, I think it makes more sense to to pick a higher number. In this case, I picked $100, which is a reasonable number, but not a astronomically high number like $1,000 an ounce or $5,000 or $10,000. You know, you can go on and on. Now, I want to start this off by saying that in the past, if I were to do a, a, a podcast on this topic, I would start off with a simple caveat that we are talking in in relatively low to moderate inflationary conditions, not high inflation. I'm not going to do that today, though, because I do think that $100 an ounce silver reaching that level will at least be partially predicated on a on the premise of, of high inflation. You know, a long time ago, this was several years ago on, on, my, on my podcast, my YouTube channel, I, I put out a, an episode and it was talking about a, sort of a prediction of mine, this idea that at some point in the future, the U.S., at some point in the next, I think at that point I said the next five or ten years, the U.S. would begin a period of roughly five years. And this was ballpark numbers. Again, I mean, this is, it wasn't meant to be an exact prediction or anything like that. But a, a five-year period where we would see a 50% loss of our purchasing power of our dollar basically a 50% debasement in the span of five years. Now, has that five-year period begun? I, I can't say for sure, but certainly I, I think that there's a good chance that that's the case. I cover this in actually my most recent episode talking about how inflation is not coming, but it's already here. Certainly it's going to get higher, but it's already here despite what government numbers would suggest. And I, I encourage you to check that out if you have more questions or if, if you have more thoughts on that because those numbers certainly are not accurate. But I think there's a good chance that that is the case. And, and a 50% debasement certainly would be a huge boon for precious metals. And I think it's something that we have to talk about. We have to talk about when we're talking about the price of precious metals. Because yes, they can go up and down purely because of a decline in, in supply or a rise in demand. Or, or the mechanics of the paper market, a short squeeze, uh, a physical shortage, all those things can cause silver to rise in a big way. But I think that we have to talk about this $100 silver, if we're going to throw that, you know, 75, 80, 150, whatever you want to put out there, we have to also have the, the backdrop of high inflation. Because what you have to understand is that inflation it affects assets in a huge way and and it's certainly a it's certainly a situation you know if inflation were to run at five or ten per fifteen percent for some sustained period of time it's a situation which I think most markets and and most uh, uh, you know major banks firms etc are not positioned for because of the effect that it has on assets uh, namely currencies obviously lose value. In the case of the dollar, the dollar can lose would lose a ton of value just by definition. It's, it remains to be seen whether or not 
you know, the, the dollar index would go down because it, it obviously is dependent on how much other currencies are also being devalued. But then also it has a huge amount to do with debt markets across the board, not just treasury markets, but uh, corporate debt and, and, and you know, municipal debt, you know, state debt, um, consumer debt, you know, across the board because higher inflation generally means higher rates and, and, and lower prices in terms of, of debt. Right, but it has the opposite effect on a lot of other assets. I think to an extent, you know, modern inflation can be very positive thing for the price of, of um, real estate and for the price of of commodities and, and and stocks because you know all else being equal, where do you want your money? Where do you want your capital? Where do you want your investments? If you expect your dollar to be worth 90% of what it's worth today, you know, one year from now, do you want to keep it in cash? Do you want to keep it in a, you know, a 10 year bond yielding less than 10% or sorry, less than 2%? Uh, do, do, do you want to keep it in one of those two, you know, a CD or do you want to keep it in, in, in you know, a mutual fund or, or would you rather put it in, let's say stocks or commodities? Precious metals, silver, gold, a base metal. Now there is a, a bit of diminishing returns when it comes to some of those. That, for instance, if we have 100% inflation in a year, yes, the stock market would would rise a ton, partly because of the inflation and, and and you know the measuring stick for the 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 stock market, you know, the currency would be warped. Um, however, obviously, extremely high or hyperinflation would be would be very detrimental to the economy and to the the ability for those so many of those companies to survive or to make a profit, etc. And that's not necessarily the case, I don't think, for for a lot of commodities, especially those that do have some sort of a safe haven status. You know, if you look at base metals, if I, th I think copper or zinc or lead or something along those lines would have a similar situation play out as as uh, as a stock market that at some point inflation becomes too high and it becomes detrimental to, you know, in, in that case, the demand for a lot of those base metals. I think they'd still be a lot better to hold than other assets. But, you know, if, if the economy is, is dealing with 100% inflation or 50% inflation or, you know, year over year, then yeah, people are probably building fewer houses, buying fewer cell phones, buying fewer cars, etc. And in the same vein, one could say that that could be true for silver as well. Now, this is this goes back to a, I don't want to get too off off track here, um, going down this this trail of, of inflation, uh, and and just make this a video about inflation because that's not necessarily what I, what I want to do. Um, the important thing to understand that with silver is that it is an asset that derives its demand primarily from two different. Um, two different areas. First of all, you have industrial demand, demand for silver for for industrial pro for, for for products, basically consumption, cars, phones, houses, electronics, and a whole bunch of other things. That that's just you know, kind of scraping the surface of, of how much silver is, how many how many different things silver is used for. However, and so you you could look at that and say, well, if the economy is doing terrible because of high inflation, you know, you look at say, let's say a country like Turkey, you know, how is their economy doing 
what are the prospects for for consumer purchases of of consumer goods like that? Probably not great right now, considering their devaluation that they've seen in the last four or five years, plus some of the most recent devaluation. However, in the case of silver, it also drives a ton of its demand from you know investment or wealth preservation or as a hedge, whatever you want to call it, from people that are buying it to to hold it, not not to throw it in some sort of product, but to hold it, much like they would do the same with with gold. And, and that's really important to understand with silver is, is that it does have that demand piece as well. People buying coins, bars, etc. in order to preserve their wealth. And so at some point, you know, if you look at, at a, a high inflationary environment and let's, let's throw out, you know, let's get rid of the, the you know, 100% or 50% inflation or 200, whatever. And let's just say 15% inflation year over year. You know, similar, maybe a little less to what we would have, would have seen during the 1970s. I don't know exactly when it peaked during that point in time, but but you, you get what I'm saying. More moderate compared to you know 100% or 200% year over year. Uh, you you have a situation where where yes, you, all else being equal, you'd expect the yields to rise. Of course, a central bank can certainly still stop that from happening, which would lead to further debase, debasement of, of the currency. Um, but but you have a lot of people that would be looking to get into silver, get into gold to preserve their wealth. And so I, I just want to get this out of the way. And I know that's, that's like an eight, nine minute intro just on, on talking about inflation and why it is important for the price of silver. It's, it's a bit of a duh. But, but I don't want to start off by giving a caveat and say, well... You know, let's ignore inflation because I don't think we can. I think it is very important, not necessarily necessary for silver to go to, let's say, $100 an ounce, but I think it, it it's going to be an important part of, of that actually happening when it does happen. Expectations of inflation or, uh, you know, higher inflation or inflation actually already being quite high. So let's talk about feasibility. Feasibility, okay. So what we have to understand then is that let's say the dollar debases, eh, let's say 30%, right? Um, that's not going to bring silver, which which currently is just shy of $26 an ounce as I'm recording this, will not bring it to $100 an ounce, obviously. You know, a 50% debasement would only double the price of silver. So we'd be talking, you know, 51 $52 silver, right? We're only halfway there. But demand is a huge part of this as well. Demand for silver, physical demand for silver has been huge lately. It has been huge lately. We've seen the COMEX being drained on a consistent basis. Consistent basis. In fact, you know, I bring up there's a there's a Twitter user who, um, and I will and I'll see if I can find his his Twitter account here. Um, maybe maybe not. Um, but but he follows the uh, yeah here we go it's 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 at Mike say ninety eight on Twitter um, and his name is Michael hashtag Silver Squeeze um, and and he talks about the uh, among other things the drain on the Comex and this isn't you know privilege you can find this information anywhere he another reason that a lot of people follow him is because he follows demand. Um, through the Atmex uh, website and, and, and kind of follows silver demand for that. But, you know, if you look at his, if you look at his feed on Twitter, you know, we're seeing COMEX down, you know, okay, so March 17th, COMEX down 2.5 million ounces. March 16th, 1.5 million ounces. 
uh, let's see here, March 15th, 1.6 ounces. And this goes on and on for quite some time now. March 12th, he retweets something from Wall Street Silver. Uh, 4.2 million ounces moved out of the warehouse on Thursday alone. You know, so this is a huge amount of demand. And then you see that in things like demand for Silver Eagles or demand represented through PSLV, which is the Sprott Fiscal Silver Trust, which buys the fiscal silver on the behalf of, of, of people that are buying the shares, right? Um, this is a massive amount of demand. And I think that in a in a situation where, where the price starts, starts to rise significantly from here, we're going to have sort of this squeeze that, that many have been really attempting to, to um, coerce for quite some time now. Uh, the situation where buyers continue to pile in as the price goes up. And, and on the other side of that trade, you have a lot of you know, bullion banks and others that have held a short um, position on, on, on silver for a long time have to either either you know choose to cover their shorts um, which, which you know can send the price higher or, or else you know take a loss which which would be you know disaster for some of those firms um, sending the price higher you know, regardless, taking a loss or covering their shorts, you know, it's a, it's a short squeeze. But, but the difference is, is that this is, this would be a physical market that would be causing this to occur and not just paper, right? I mean, we can all, you know, I thought about using the example of, of, uh, of GameStop and, and similar stocks as to, to show, you know, just how violent a short squeeze can be. But we have to remember that, that in the case of GameStop, you know, the powers that be still seem to sort of have some control over what happened. They certainly, you know, were able to say, like, okay, let's pump the brakes on this, not let things get too out of hand. And the same is true for paper trading on the COMEX, right, or SLV or the LBMA. Uh, the, the powers that be will, will, I mean, again, you know, reference the Hunt brothers. But this would be a physical phenomenon that we're talking about, a physical squeeze on silver, not just a paper squeeze. Right, and that's important to understand. And so, make a comparison, you know, to, to give you an idea of just the insanity of what can happen in fiscal markets. You know, we can talk about the price of, of crude oil. You know, crude oil um, last year in and I have to remember here. I think it was was it April, was it March? You know, on the backs of of, of um, you know, the, basically COVID and 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 a massive drop in demand and whatnot. You have a situation where uh, people were basically getting paid if they could actually take, you know, physical delivery of this physical, um, um, this oil, basically, because these were, were crude futures, uh, a situation where you had the price of crude oil uh, trading uh, around 30, negative $37 a barrel, which is basically oil, which is crazy because usually oil trades, well, positive, if nothing else, you know, <laughs> 20 30 40 50 60 70 dollars a barrel and here they're paying you you know as much as 37 dollars a barrel to, to basically take it right um physical markets can get crazy like that right and and if you want an example certainly we have the hunters in silver in in 20 uh or sorry you know basically late 1970s early 1980s you have silver in 2011 but then if you look at other markets other you know precious metals um, you know, similar things have happened in uh, rhodium or, or palladium or platinum, 
So we can take a look at play, uh, for example. Uh, let's see here. In, in the depths of the Great Recession, 2008 was trading under $200 an ounce. Um, not long after, in, in 2011, it was trading up, you know, around $800 an ounce. That's you know, basically a 400 increase. Um, uh, somebody can check my math on that. Um, you look at in, um, in you know, let's say 18, in the middle of 2018, trading around $900 an ounce. Um, at one point, it was trading over $2,500 an ounce. Currently, is sitting over that actually it did come down for a while but then spike back up again you know and it's basically on the basis of of a it's a physical market there's only so much palladium out there and the price can can rise very quick in in the absence of adequate you know supply on the market and the same is true for silver now silver is a very different market from palladium but the key difference is that people speculate on palladium they do not generally buy palladium in large amounts to preserve their wealth long term or to, to hedge against inflation, but they do for silver. They do buy silver to hedge against, you know, economic calamity or inflation or central banks and their policies or what have you. They do buy silver for that reason, right? The amount of of dollars that we've seen flown into silver in the past. You know, three months. You know, just thus far in 2021 has been insane, even relative to 2020, which is a very good year for silver. And we're still just scratching the surface, right? You know, look at some of the news stories, or, or I don't know if you call them news stories quite yet. Um, stories like uh, about the Perth Mint more or less defaulting on their silver obligations because they basically said we're we're gonna provide the silver in this time frame, and they haven't. To, to, to those that, that are buying from them, right? Um, you know, same is true or similar story for the Royal Mint, right? Um, there's been rumblings about the U.S. Mint. I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that the U.S. Mint is actually canceling orders now of silver, um, but is very well, you know, could follow soon, you know? And at some point, you know, the physical market is what matters the most, right? How about, how about this? Um, we, we just had another round of... of uh, stimulus checks that have been sent out just in the past um the past few weeks think about that amount of money you know fourteen hundred dollars per person think of how much that is you know combined with tax returns um how much you know gunpowder that that gives to to stackers like you and i buying silver believe me i have seen an enormous amount of people that have been buying a, a fair amount of silver as part of this short squeeze, right? And and you add into that, let's say maybe a, a major firm buying physical silver. Certainly, Sprott Physical Trust has been buying a ton um, as part of their PSLV. Um, but but actually buying physical silver as as an investment, or um, you know, not unlike you know Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. I think that was the late '90s that they did that. Or um, a celebrity buying a large, a celebrity, a businessman, somebody that has millions of dollars, hundreds of millions to throw into an asset, speculative asset. Yeah, that's going to be huge for precious metals, huge for silver. And, and so, I mean, to answer the question, is it feasible? I think it's inevitable, obviously, because inflation is just a matter of when. And, and, and I do think that it's not going to be something that's going to be like, well, once the dollar is worth a quarter of what it is right now, silver is going to be worth four times as much, and so it's going to be $100. No. You know, by the time the dollar is a quarter of what it's worth right now, silver very, very well could be worth 40 times what it is. Right? 
because that's that's how inflation works in terms of of demand into to assets that that are in scarce supply but but offer investors an opportunity to preserve their wealth over the long term and and to protect their wealth from from inflation i'd love to hear your thoughts on on this podcast today as always um, you know leave a comment down below shoot me an email uh, whatever works for you but as always though i'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast and god bless